Good morning, and welcome to Sidman Methodist Church, both in person and online. Yes, it is. It is um, definitely snowy and blowy out there. So if you do have to go out, please proceed with caution. And now we'll have the lighting of the candles. Now, if you uh, can stand, if you are able, and join in our uh, morning hymn, Morning Has Broken, it's on the screen or in the hymnal, number 60. seated. The announcements for Sidman. We actually don't have anything that is Sidman specific. However, if you're interested in Bible study, we have a Bible study in Beaverdale on Monday at 7 p.m. and there's a soup and bake sale from 9 to 1 uh, on Saturday, February 10th at Dunlow. If you missed the Monday Beaverdale Bible study, you could attend on Tuesday at Dunlow on the 16th of January. That's at 11 a.m. And then Sunday, January 21st, is a PPR meeting after church. And today there is the baptism of our Lord. And on the 21st, recognition of new church leaders. And then we're into February with the youth gathering by the Forest Hills Ministerium at St. Michael Fire Hall at 6 p.m. Followed by a Sunday pulpit exchange on the 11th. And then we're already into Ash Wednesday on the 14th. Are there any other announcements? 
about the, our, our payment to the Global Methodist Church. It tells you how to figure it out and who to send it to and all that sort of stuff. Uh, there, may not, there may not be a, a Bible study at the Beaverdale because of the postponement of the Steeler game tomorrow. I want to ask them if they still want to have it because it'll be near the end of the game unless the game is over by halftime. So there may not be, just to alert you in case you're coming, you might want to call beforehand, there might not be a Bible study at the Beaverdale tomorrow night. Okay, if you are able to... Oh, wait, I got another one. And there may not be one at the, uh, if the game goes into overtime, there may not be one at the, at the Dunlow the next morning at 11 a.m. Because the game will be continuing on and on and on. I'm teasing about that one. Okay, if you can stand, if you are able, and join in the affirmation of faith, Psalm 29, which is, uh, will be on the screen. In the Pew Bibles, if you're interested, it's on page 476. Ascribe to the Lord, O mighty ones, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the, the glory to his name. Worship, Worship the Lord in splendor of his holiness. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. Yes. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks in pieces the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon skip like a calf, Sharon like a wild ox. The voice of the Lord strikes with flashes of lightning. The voice of the Lord shakes the desert. The Lord shakes the, the desert, desert of The voice of the Lord twists the oaks and strips the forest bare, and in his temple all cry glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord is enthroned as king forever. The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. And we do not have any children here today, and so we will go right to the pastoral prayer. Please This is a, a prayer from St. Frank, Francis of Assisi that I'm going to be praying. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it, it, it is in giving that we receive. It is in pardoning that we are pardoned. And it is in dying that we are both born to eternal life. We come before you this morning in this atmosphere of prayer to raise our voices to you to express what's on our hearts, minds, and spirits. We offer prayer for the well-being and safety of our country, our community, and our church. Keep us safe and protected from the many evil forces that are around us. We pray for the safety and well-being of our youth. Guide them and protect them and let us continue to encourage them on their walk of faith. We pray for unsaved, unbelievers, those who haven't found their way. We ask that they see the light, put the light on their wayward ways, so that they may be saved before it's too late. We ask for forgiveness for our waywardness, for choosing to go our way instead of following your way. We pray for the good health and well-being of all the members of this congregation, their families, friends, and neighbors. Please keep them free from any harm that may be lingering around their lives. We pray for those who protect us from harm, members of law enforcement, military, especially our First Lieutenant Carl Smith, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, and health professionals. We pray for the safety for those people who find that they have to be out on the roads uh, this morning. We pray for their, 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 their safety, for their, their safe arrival to wherever they have to, uh, wherever they have to go, wherever they're going. 
We pray for families dealing with the strains of life, difficulties, and hardships. Be with them, guide them, and comfort them during these rough times of their lives. Now, dear Lord, if there was a name that came to the people who were here, let them say those names out loud now. Dear Lord, let us bring our time of prayer with you to a close by praying together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And this is the time I would ask for a favorite hymn. However, I thought about over the week, or over the week when I was trying to uh, control things in my life and realize that it wasn't until I surrender everything to God. And he'll let me do what needs done, but it's not until you give it all to God that then he kind of gives us the power to do or the insight to do what he thinks we need done. And so uh, this song, which is on 366, I Surrender All. Um, we can do that one today.
ushers. We have so many people here today, we need two. Gracious God, we gather on the second Sunday in the month of, of January in the year 2024. We thank you for this opportunity to, to come together, for those of us who are here, who braved the weather, to, to come to church today, to, uh, to worship. We pray for those people who uh, are usually here but can't be here because of the, uh, the weather or because of uh, their age dealing with the, with the weather. We, we pray for all of them. We ask that you use these tithes, these gifts and offerings that have been given by the people of this congregation to help with the running of your church here in Sydney and with spreading your word throughout the area. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, Master, Teacher, and Friend. Amen. You may be seated. Now this reading, the theme for this reading is the same theme each second Sunday of, of January, the baptism of our Lord. But for today it comes from the book of Mark because it's mentioned in all three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Uh, we just did the Matthew last year. So now we're doing Mark. Chapter 4, uh, chapter 1, verses 4 through 11. And so John the Baptist appeared, oh, I want to start in verse 1. The beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts, locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. The words of God for the people. God, thanks be to God. Well, let's see, okay. Uh, we're getting a new uh, member. Do, do any of you remember, uh, uh, she went here a long time ago, Sheila Kaufman? Her dad helped build this building that you're sitting in. She's coming back. She's coming all the way from Jennerstown. From Jennerstown. We met, uh, we met uh, Thursday. 
And she said, you know, the few times I've been there, you've stayed in the pulpit and you've come out of the pulpit. What do you prefer? And I says, it's got to do with time. If it's before 9.12, I can come out of the pulpit. But if it's 9.12 or later, I have to stay in the pulpit, so I stay on script, so I get out of here on time. Not get out of here, but leave here on, on time. It's a, uh, so I call this a listening to the right voice. A little heavy on this side than, than that side. Jesus' baptism is an act of solidarity with the entire human race, even us. Our Christian baptism means that God speaks to us as he spoke to Jesus and says the same thing. You are my beloved child in whom I'm well pleased. This is the baptism into which you and I were baptized. I'm sure you've seen this with new parents, even yourself when you were new parents. You picked that little one up, held them close and said, I love you. You're beautiful. You're perfect. You kissed that child, called their name, and declared your pleasure. So tell me, what made that child good, acceptable, and lovable? What did that child do to cause you to behave in that way? Nothing. God treats us the same way. Christianity is a matter of believing, some say. Some say that Christianity is a matter of doing. There's truth in both of these. Another piece needs to be added, because without it, all the rest are sure to fall apart. Christianity is also a matter of listening. Listening for the message from heaven and what Jesus heard at his baptism. Listening for the same message spoken to us in our daily lives. You are my beloved child in whom I'm well pleased. I just read, read something this morning from uh, Oswald, Oswald Chambers, and uh, it had to do with uh, God is just not talking to us. He's talking to everybody. But we might be, we and other people, may be the only ones who hear him. Which stands to reason. It sounds good to me. He's, he's calling everybody, but only certain people, only certain people who are attuned to listening can hear that. I, I thought that I, by being in music that I was a good listener. I mean, I can pick things out music-wise. music, music wise. We had to do that for our, our final exam in music history. The teacher would, we would get this many pages of listening, five, six pages of listening, single-spaced, all these composers, from all their things, and he would drop a needle, and you had to tell him what it was. And you don't, the needle would only be on the record, then there were records, vinyl records would be like 10 to 15 seconds. And you had to say, that's Beethoven's uh, fourth symphony, a uh, third movement, second theme. You had to know all that stuff to pass the test. I passed, I was pretty good at, uh, at that. I had my own tricks of what to, uh, what, what to listen for. But then I wonder, was Christ calling me before I played on Father's Day in 2005 well, was he calling me before that and I just had my ears plugged and I wasn't listening to him? Or was that the first time he spoke to me? Or the first time he called me? I don't know. I haven't found the answer to that question uh, 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 yet. Uh, so, the waters of our baptism returns us to the truth God knows about us, Yuns, even when we do not know or believe that truth. Mm -hmm even when we have forgotten or denied that truth, even when we cannot see it in the world around us, and even when we have acted contrary to that truth. Those baptismal waters drown the voices that speak untruth about us and each other. They wash away our forgetfulness, our apathy, and our indifference. They encourage and strengthen us. They renew hope and refresh the weary. 
They cleanse our eyes that we might see each other and ourselves in a new light. So what would it take for us to return to the waters of our baptism? Look at your life. Now, this, 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 you, you could spend a long time with this one. Look at your life, the people, the relationships, the events of our world, and answer this question. What are the voices you are listening to? What are the voices you are listening to? I made a mistake and listened to somebody's voice from my family, my brother, who had been away in the military for four years. We, were, we weren't close. And I was telling my mother and father, at, I think it was breakfast, could have been dinner, might have been dinner, that uh, I'm going to enlist in the Army. I'm out of school. I want to, I, all I want to do is play the trumpet, that's all. So my father made arrangements with the director at the Aberdeen Proving Ground. Then they had military people there, and they had a band. And he made arrangements for me to go in and audition before the captain, to, whether to be accepted or, or not. And my brother was, was there in, in the kitchen, and he said, the military is no place for a young person. Your morals, your morals are not, you don't get good morals. So it's like, okay. I'll go to another place. Now, if I hadn't listened to him and followed my what I wanted to do, all I wanted to do in music was play the trumpet. I never wanted to do anything else. And I could have played the trumpet for 20 years in the military uh, and, and retired at age 40. Or I could have, could have gone on. I, I knew somebody who was in the, in the Air Force band in Washington, D.C., directed his brother was the director so i'm sure i can arrange an audition for uh, 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 uh for, for them uh i wanted to be a marine but i wasn't good enough to get into the marine the president's own marine band i, I, I was president of the national catholic bandmasters association and every year around christmas a week 10 days before christmas would be this convention held in the, the Midwest Music Convention held in Chicago at this big, big hotel. And there was a meeting where all the presidents from all the various music, musical organizations would meet. And we were the ones who were responsible for getting the National March, the Stars and Strikes Forever. There was never a National March until this committee acted. So I sat next to Lieutenant Colonel John Bourgeois, who was the director of the Marine Corps Band. The president's own. And I said, Lieutenant, nice to meet I mean, uh, not Lieutenant. Uh, he, he was, he was a, uh, higher than a Lieutenant. What's higher than a Lieutenant? Captain. Uh, who? Captain. No, he's higher than that. They're all the same for the directors. Lieutenant Colonel. Lieutenant Colonel. And he said, oh, you don't have to call me Lieutenant Colonel. Call me John. And I said, uh, Lieutenant Colonel, I've always wanted to be in the Marine Corps. And this is as close as I'm ever going to get to be in the Marine Corps, sitting next to you. So as far as I'm concerned, you're a Lieutenant Colonel. He said, okay, my way. Was it an experience? Just, just that. that uh, that's as close as I got to being in the Mar Marine Corps. So look at your life, the people, the relationships, the events of the world, and answer the question, what voices are you listening to? But many of them are bad. Many of them will lead you in the wrong direction. Christian listening, baptismal listening, is no easy business. Why? The other voices heard in the world and echo in our hearts. Voices that aren't on our side or agree with us. Our identity as God's children is denied in one way or another is the reason we shouldn't be listening to those voices. Voices of temptation are all around us. They may sound smooth. Now, I'm not talking about politicians, but this goes, goes with them. They may sound smooth. They may seem respectable, respectable, and sometimes nobody argues with them, but they are a lie. 
Discipleship is more than a matter of belief and practice. Bless you. It is knowing how to listen and which voices are true. We all are learning time and time again to listen. To listen to the right voices, not the wrong ones. To get in line with the constant message of God. You are my beloved child in whom I'm well pleased. There are, there are pastors in the United Methodist Church who do not believe in God. There have been teachers at the seminary I went to, which is not approved by the Global Methodist Church. Now, this, this must have happened years before I came there, because I never felt I was being influenced by a, a liberal point of view. Uh, but during this person's time there, the pastor, the, the instructor, used God's name three, in vain three times. And they had, they had a, a, a people there who didn't believe in God who were teaching the young people. They weren't teaching seminarians. They were teaching licensed local pastors. So you have, you have to be careful about where is your pastor coming from. There's a pastor on, on TV, which, which will remain nameless, uh, whose sermons are not, are, not, are not biblical. Oh, he's very popular, very popular. But his sermons are not biblical. So you, you, how do you know that? You have to understand. You have to know the Bible to understand that this guy's not uh, giving you words from the Bible. I've, uh, I've, I've uh, uh, since 2010, I've always, always, not always, 95. I forget what it was. I figured it out once. It was 95.7 or 8 percent of the time I preach from the lectionary. The lectionary. So that's from the Bible. So I've always preached from the uh, uh, from from the Bible, except maybe when uh, I had to bring to your attention the uh, this, this affiliation issue that was uh, that was brought up. But other than that, it's it's always it's always based on the Bible. It's biblical. Some pastors are not biblical, unfortunately. They some pastors. I'm a district superintendent. Tell me this. They decided to come in the ministry because they got free health care, free housing, and a retirement plan. You know, 20-some-year-old guy or a woman, hey, you know, okay, this is, this is my future. Everything will be paid for for me. And that's the reason they came into the ministry. They weren't called. They didn't receive a call. And it's, it was shocking when he told me that. Yeah, come, come, William, you're, you're now, now. He said, oh, I could get share your names, but I'm not going to. They were not called into the ministry. They came because of those free, free benefits that are available. Our baptismal waters may not undo the past or change the world's circumstances, but they do change us. It reveals life to be holy, sacred and worth the effort. It lets us start from a new place and with a different truth. Because where we begin in some way makes all the difference in where we will go. The Sunday school teacher asked her class, when Jesus heard God's voice, the skies were open. What did he mean? A little girl raised her hand and said, God said, you are my beloved child. Now go and act like it. Boy, that didn't get much response. Boo. Maybe I won't say that in Beaverdale. God calls us to live our baptism, not just celebrate it. We often speak of baptism as a means of grace. That is one of the ways that God's grace comes to us. Physically, it's only a small splash of water. You don't put much on, just a little bit. But it marks the beginning of a whole new life of forgiveness, of the presence of God's Spirit, and of our union with Jesus, and our becoming part of the wide world Christian church. 
when we baptize somebody here. They're becoming part of the wide world Christian church, a part of the global Methodist church. The gospel of God can be put in one sentence, and those words apply to you, and he doesn't want you to ever forget them. You are my beloved child in whom I am well pleased. So put all the other voices out of your hearing so that you can be listening to the right voice. And in order to hear the right voice, we have to be in quiet. Not with the radio on. We get up in the morning and we turn the radio on. We get in the car and the radio's on. We go to work and we hear all this chitter-chatter that's going around from other people about this and about that. Then you get back in the car and, and the radio's on. You drive home, the TV's on. And then when do you have your quiet time with God? Because that's when he's going to speak to you. I mean, he may speak to you when you come to a church on a Sunday morning. That's possible. But he could also be speaking to all of us, except we don't hear him. We're not in tune to that, uh, to, 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 that, to that voice. I'm constantly thinking, is, is there a reason for, for this? Was there a reason last week that I thought it was a very important message about the, uh, 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 the, the uh, coming of the three kings? That it had, to more, it had to do with more than just that. That was talked about 700 years earlier. But yet, we had less people there than ever. We might even have less last week than we have this week. I don't know. And this was at all three churches. At Dunlow, I had to walk, I had to walk back here because everybody sat in the back two rows. Except Dan and Kathy. I'm back here talking to the, to the people. There was nobody in the front, front rooms. There were very few people there. Was there a reason for that, God? I asked, a lot, I asked him a lot of questions. Many of them go unanswered, at least for a, a long period, period of time. I'm still debating about, did you call me before that Father's Day in June the 19th or something like that in 2005? Bye. Was I not listening to you? How can I not be listening to you? I'm trained to listen to things like that. I'm, I'm a professional musician. I should. If, if, but did he? I don't know. It hasn't been answered. Hasn't been answered yet. But he, I heard him say it. I heard what he said. Come back said two words. And I went back. I I obeyed right away. No questions asked. I didn't ask questions about that. But I, I went back right away, two, two, two weeks, uh, the week after July 4th. This, this boy's funeral was, died on Father's Day. The funeral was on Thursday. And it was Father's Day, like June the 19th or something like that, back in 2005. And, and uh, two, three weeks later, on the week, July the 11th, I think it was, I went back to the, to the Methodist Church, the first time in, in 38, 38 years. So I heard him call me then. But my question is, were you calling me before that? I'm under the impression that he let me do what I wanted to do. Okay, if you want to do this, go ahead and do it. Do your thing. And then he just got tired of it and he said, okay, now I want you to do my thing. And that's when he called me that day. But I'm still, was I not listening? Could he have called me earlier? I wish he would have. I wish he would have called me before my father had passed away, so I could have been a Methodist minister when he was uh, when he was alive. But that didn't come through. So let us pray. This prayer is taken from Proverbs number two. My child, if you accept my words and treasure up my commandments within you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. If you indeed cry out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Amen. Let us now stand and sing our final hymn, How Great Thou Art. We'll break before the last verse, number page four in the uh, hymnal, or the words are on the screen.
May you be given the gift of being able to tell the difference between listening to the bad voices and the good voices. Let not your heart be troubled, and may you be given the desires of your heart, and may all your plans succeed. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, go and earn your day. Let us now sing the last verse of How Great Thou Art.